Hello, 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 folks. Welcome back to the TNG Golfcast. How we all doing? How you doing, Gareth? Tired, mate. Busy weekend with the children and the family, but um, so not on the golf course. Not at all. Not at all, mate. No. Um, I played Monday past, no, Tuesday past. Sorry, down at Carnoustie on the bun side, and as you well know, it went <laughs> quite badly. <coughs> uh, got a really bad case of the shanks. But, yeah. You don't say that word out loud. No, no, it was so bad on me. I mean, driving was on point, to be fair. Um, I was keeping up with my pal who was playing with, who's known to be a decent hand of the golf ball, off the tee. Um, it's alright, Jim, I'll give you a shout out. No, don't cause, uh, can I come on? No, fuck off. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I keep up with him, doing well, but uh, majority of my iron shots and my wedges, I was, what you discussed from me, right out of the fucking hosel. Horrible. Horrible, horrible shanks, man. But the old Barkley Banks. Yeah, exactly. But I came off the course happy anyway. Um, put the card behind me. That's an improvement. I fucking right, it is. So yeah. you finished eighteen holes after a bad round after playing. <laughs> I <shank. couldn't> <laughs> <laughs> Not on the main one though. No, no, but I had legs anyway. What did you do? No, 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 no that. See, my folk that want to come on just to fucking take the piss at me for that hang alone, mate. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, that was, ugh, it was worth getting out. To be fair, eh? but um, yeah, I got a game this week. What about you? No, no chance. Uh, work and family. So, yeah. Yeah. childcare keeps the cost down. Oh. So, it was daddy daycare for two days on my day off in the week. And then I was off today, but no plans for golf. Not at all, not at all. Playing next week, though. Well, yeah, thank you for just uh, actually letting me know as we start recording this that we have actually got a game of golf planned. I'm playing two rounds next weekend, then. Okay, so you are, actually. Aye. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. <laughs> Two days on the trot. Uh, I'll uh, phone the local hospital and get my bed ready yeah, for me then. Yeah. See if yeah. they can get the ambulance to come pick me up from the 18th. Definitely in a golf car for Sunday. Can that? <laughs> <laughs> Aye, so obviously we've got a, a big episode coming up next week. Big, weekend. big episode, man. Another guest episode. Um, so without giving any clues away, we're looking forward to it. And uh, yeah, we're going to get out for a game of golf with him afterwards as well. So that'll be fun. So. That'll give us some content for the following week as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're doing well. I mean, how lucky are you guys? I mean, we're just giving you guests all the time. All the time, eh? Yeah. And, we're uh, working our way up. That's it, definitely. So, yeah, episode 12. Um, it's just a rant episode, really, isn't it? Yeah, I'm well, looking forward to this one. <laughs> I've had a, quite a, a annoying week um, from things that I've been seeing online. Um, listening back to certain episodes of... Uh, Another brilliant podcast that we we'll listened to mm-hmm. regarding a <coughs> certain executive in the game of golf, but we'll go on to that at some point. Aye. Yeah, looking forward to that <laughs> from your perspective, especially, son. But yeah, um, so this we'll weekend's golf. We'll do a quick round up. Go for it. So obviously, Liv had their uh, round or their competition, was it South Korea? Singapore. Singapore. Yeah, Singapore. Yeah, that's right. Um, Ironically, I was speaking to our guest of next week mm-hmm. about the live event, and he's played there and spoke very highly of the golf course. Yeah, and uh, we spoke about who he wanted to win it, and he just came up shy. Could this be the favourite of yours, Sergio? Uh, Sergio Garcia. He managed to hold a really good pot on the eighteenth to get into playoff, but just could not undo the man in form at the moment which is Taylor Gooch 
Just back to back. Back to backs. First guy to do it, obviously, Liv is still very much in its infancy, so... But to do it this quickly, and he's playing some good golf like he's... Yes, yeah. I mean, I've watched... Well, the one at Mel- Melbourne when he won that one... Adelaide. Adelaide, sorry, yeah, Adelaide. Yeah. He, uh, was it 10 under first two days? Yeah, 10, 10, and then I think it was... Six or seven six or something or seven, like yeah, yeah. Some moment. Some he's played some good golf. I mean, he's, he's, there's no lie. There's no lie. Secret that he's been a very good golfer for a while. If I he mean, keeps this up, yeah. he's going to cause a real headache for if the PGA or whoever's at the PGA of America, if they allow their captain to choose live golfers for the Ryder Cup team, he's going to make a real problem for them. Yeah. Because he's young enough that he could play in Ryder Cups for years to come. Mm. And he's good enough to yeah. play for Ryder yeah. Cups for years to come. Equally so if Garcia was, say, to go uh, down this form he's had this week for the rest of the season, that could potentially be a problem for our uh, Luke Donald as... Again, a certain executive alluded to slight. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to get into this with you. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, day one, um, Garcia kind of took off on his own. Yeah. Through six holes, he got rid of himself to four under. Carl Smith wasn't that far behind him. He then got caught at back, and then obviously Taylor Goots came in at the fold. And obviously it was a fairly stacked leaderboard, wasn't it? Because you even had yeah. Bryson playing well, Mickelson was playing well, yeah. they were up Kate there, Kirk. Brooks was there. <clears throat> so, yeah. All the supposed big names that went there to retire yeah. were showing exactly why they are uh, still classed as good golfers or elite mm. golfers. You mentioned this. We all mean obviously Robert Kess next week. We're not giving away again. Um, told you the quality of the golf course, and from what I see myself, you might agree with me. It looks a good stretch. I mean, it, it looked very good there. I mean, yeah. They had the problems day one and two and three with the weather. Um, play was suspended almost three times over the three days. Well, that was it. There was times where you see one guy playing at one end of the golf course in pissing rain, yeah. and you go flip over at the other end of the golf course, and guys putting on the green, blistering sunshine. Well, that's what I mean. At the same time, when the rain's coming down, you see the quality of the greens. Yeah, the ball no, wasn't slowing up or anything like that. It was no. they held really well. Eh? Yeah, no. So it was. I would say again, looking at it from the fans' perspective, on fans being there, was nowhere near the levels of Adelaide. No, but I think but that was to be expected. Eh? Adelaide was always going to be a big one because it was in Australia. It's so heavily linked with Greg Norman, Cam Smith, and all that that were coming over. They were always going to make a real top class event there, which mm. it was. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so that's that's live. Then we've got the DP World Tour, which was in Korea. Was that the one in South Korea then? Korea Championship, yeah. 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 And uh, did you watch any? No. <laughs> I didn't watch any. Nah. Didn't watch any, man. I seen the highlights on YouTube of Bob's round, third round, where he had an absolute fantastic round of golf. I seen the whole where he his short game was just <sighs> on fire. His his yeah. display was unbelievable, and because he was a lefty as well, it just yeah. looked like Mickelson at times. You got top ten finish as well. Yeah, no. To back to back top tens as well for him because yes. he was tied fifth the week before or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yet again, I haven't put him in my fantasy team. Oh, we're going to talk about that, are we? No. <laughs> I can't break into the top 30, mate. There's no fucking point in that shit. Oh, we're the disgrace, man. Honestly. Uh, Aileen was, uh, for those who may not have not realised, Aileen is my wife. She is a golfer as well. She's involved in this fantasy league. She's just retaken over me again. So she's now the uh, the top one out of the three of us. So I came. We suck. 
<clears throat> well, that's the thing. I mean, I think the first time I mentioned that, we're both, well, I say both me, <clears throat> took great pleasure in a slot and a friend of ours, John Doherty. No, he's fucking fields, he's fields away from us. He's, yeah, we're, we're nowhere near where he is now. So, uh, I would normally take a buck because it's John, I'm not taking a buck. So, uh, I'll just. <laughs> Fuck you, John. Yeah. <laughs> Go home, yeah. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was Lorada Bell who won uh, the DP World event. Yeah. <laughs> what else am I to say, really? No. Have, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say to you. I, even I, I literally only watch the DP World now unless it's a big enough event where a lot of the big names come out, which don't tend to really happen at this point in the year because it's always the start of the year when mm. it's in around the Dubai area that you get the big, big names come across. Or July when the Scottish Open. And then, yeah, literally waiting now till... I might watch the Italian Open next week because yeah, obviously it it's yeah. Ryder Cup, a venue, so gets you a bit of a feeling for the course and obviously it's got good history with Bob but yeah the field's just not good enough we'll come on to that <laughs> we we're giving real good that, snippets yeah. here aren't we but yeah and um, then we've got the PGA that's currently still going on now as we are recording this episode and we are what is it the top group now is seven holes through you've got Tony Fee now at 22 under leading 22. and then you've got Brandon Wu who's a hole ahead of them 21 John Rams tied third at 19 so there's three shots there uh, you've got the young lad Batia who's I think he's 21 so young guy yeah. yeah this could be a really big important week for him and then again notable names after that Cameron Champs coming back into a wee bit of form but he's nine shots behind them Eric Van Rooyen He's 10 shots behind. Yeah. Apart from him ducking from a killer bee swarm, <laughs> he's... Yeah, there's not much else happened there. So That's it's been a bit of a flat week, really, for, Again. for the tours. Again, it's a flat week. I mean, you see a lot of tours benefiting from it. But, um, yeah. But but again. Mean, I think timings-wise, <clears throat> like, sir, for the Mexico, I've not seen it anywhere. I've seen a little bit of it. Um mainly because I just wanted to see how John Ram was getting on yeah, um, yeah. obviously Ram being the holding champion defending champion there and he honoured the fact that he said he would go and play because it, obviously it's a, it's a week that he could probably have taken off because it's a bigger week next week mm-hmm. a bit more of a notice, noticeable field and then it's the build up for the PGA the week no, after not long ago, is it? so yeah so yeah, like I say, I've I've watched a little bit of it. I've not taken great interest. It's nice to see Tony Fino playing well and getting up the yeah. top of the leaderboard again because he's not really been playing that well at the start of the season. John Ram's just doing John Ram things and being consistent. So yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. I've right, got to respect the man. Yeah. He's um, he's playing some amount of golf after winning earned, the Masters as well. He's earned some time off as well. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. There's all the golfers. I think he's going to get to as as long as the PGA haven't scheduled another one of those designated events after the PGA Championship. I think he's going to play now until the end of the PGA, and then probably take a couple weeks off. Yeah, so he should. Yeah, young kids, young family. Yeah, he's yeah. in that right. Yeah. Um, right, cracking on then. So, my question to you, mate: mm-hmm. How many of us are now converting to live? In your opinion, because. I think there's been a shift. I think yeah. I think there's, you're still going to have your diehards that will not entertain the idea of live for whatever reason they want to cling on to. For me, I, I found it quite weird the other day. Like again, it was going back to the 
Nick Faldo podcast when he had Rick on, mm-hmm. they were talking about there being too much golf to consume. I don't really see how there is when you've got... Like, I couldn't watch the live this week because it was starting at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But I can watch the highlights mm-hmm. and still enjoy the highlights. So I have done. So there's many different ways to consume it. If you're talking about consuming golf live, then, yeah, okay, if they're all on at the same time, you've got to pick one, but unless you've got three forms of devices that you can watch yeah, on multiple, yeah. but it's well, it's, it's golf being played around the world now. So time zones do come into it. Mm. So the one that was easiest to watch this week is actually the PGA because it's on it just now. Yeah. But no, it, I think there was a shift after the masters for me. I think if anyone watched the, uh, the live event the week before the masters, yeah, the PGA, that was Orlando, wasn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, the PGA was a fucking niff-naff event that was on. <laughs> DP World Tour, don't even think we had an event on. Because the, the event the week before, that was in Kenya or somewhere like that. So, that was actually a really good showing. Because you had three of the team running for the end of the for the big win. Yeah. And you had Brooks and Munez coming down the, the last down the stretch, fighting out for the singles. So, it showcased Liv for what they want their product to be seen as. Mm-hmm. And then obviously you get to the Masters, there was a softening by the media in the way that they spoke to the live guys or about the live guys. You've seen them on the range getting welcomed by their supposed... Enemies. Yeah, enemies and rivals and all that shit, apart from I'm probably even sure the live guys don't shake Patrick Reed's hand. I don't even think the aces which is his team, probably shake his hand. It was fucking tight to them. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I think there was a real shift there, and obviously with how well Brooks played, yeah. Mickelson's display, yeah. and the majority of the live field there making the cut, I think notably the ones that didn't were Garcia, Bryson, and Bubba. Yeah. Off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah, he finished seven. But obviously he had Cam, Brooks, Mickelson, Reed. Sorry, um, all making the cut and performing well and yeah. finishing in the at least the top fifteen twenty in the field, which is four out of the top. Two out of the top three yeah. will live. Yeah. Um, and then Reed wasn't too far behind. He was sixth. DJ right. also made the cut, but played crap. Yeah. But yeah, so well, I guess making the cut, isn't it? Yeah. But there was this idea, again, that because they only play three rounds of golf, that they weren't going to be able to compete in a four-round competition. I think they proved that that's not the case. But that uh, claim needs to put the bed, though, eh? It does, but I also think it actually hurts. It's hurting Liv with the argument for world rankings. I think if there were a four-round competition, which you could do, it's not... It's like, like, starting on a Thursday isn't going to hurt them anymore. No. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy watching Live for what it is. But if they had that fourth round in it, there would be, for me, no comeback mm. from anyone else having yeah. to go at them. So, yeah, and then obviously you had the the uh, Adelaide event, which seemed to be everywhere on social media. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think there's been a few people that have maybe taken a step back and had a look at it and thought, okay, it's not something I maybe will love because I prefer the traditional style of golf or these guys are now just slowly coming round to what Liv is trying to promote and enjoying it for what it is well 
I've said to you, I think I've said it previously as well, <clears throat> I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying watching it. Um, I'm getting to watch the best players in the world. Week in, week out. Obviously when they're playing. Um, I think personally, when we look at the DP World Tour, European Tour, I need to stop calling it that. European Tour. Now, for me personally, top of my head, guys that I'm going to follow and keep an interest and keep tabs on and are like, like say, Bob McIntyre, Connor Syme. The Highgard brothers. Yeah. Daniel Garvin's. Players like that, I mean, he obviously won. Yeah, yeah. At that point in the year. But apart from that, mate, there's no enough there to keep me... I like watching Moronk, but I think he's very close to being able to move across to the PGA. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll quite happily watch him on the PGA Tour as well. Yeah. You throw that up, that list, right, for example. Then you throw up the, the live players that we've got. We've all them off. Is it Should 34 be? major titles between them? Yeah, we'll be. Yeah, because obviously, Reed, DJ... Garcia, Cam, Michael, uh, Mickelson, yeah, Cam, yeah. So there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, me Bryson. personally, I think that maybe if this season goes the way I love think it's going to go, potential opportunity for broadcasters in the UK to maybe go on board with looking at the start. I mean, I reckon they look at, they look at the stats, right? For viewers on European tour events. There's nowhere near the PGA Tour viewership they're going to get because the, the, the product's not that good. Let's be honest there. I'm not dissing the players. I'm saying the setup and the structure of the European Tour as it stands at the minute is not great. And then you get live where you can watch on your phone. You can cast the highlights on YouTube. But it's still the best players in the world competing week in, week out. The team element is starting to excite me a bit more as well. I wouldn't say I'm still on board with the fucking names they've got. No. But, I mean, range goats, stick a ring up your hoop, man. That makes no sense to me <laughs> whatsoever. Um, I think they won this weekend, fair play. But um, Yeah, on the that, back of Taylor. Yeah, exactly. But I think there's an opportunity there, to be fair, eh? um, where I, um, it could I, be a turning point. Eh? I like the idea of the team event. I can see past the names, because I think they'll probably change as time goes by. I like the idea of it because, like I've previously spoken about on the episode, I relate it to them thinking that they can try and bring a like premiership style idea mm-hmm. that you support the team regardless because the names are not always going to be the same yeah. within that team. That's been proven from last year to this year, um, and obviously they they will bring on new guys that they'll be able to coax away from these other tours. Um, so the roster will change so I think the idea of it being a team that you support but obviously then you got to say if like I'm a Garcia fan always have been always will be he's on the fire balls I yep. think is what their team is if he was to shift and maybe join the Aces would I change my team? I don't know Yeah. not that I'm saying that fireballs are my team I don't think I'd pick the team but I do like the team aspect yeah, yeah I'm a fan of myself I mean going back to the point though people converting to um we, as you all know, me and Tom listen to a lot of podcasts, we follow golf media. My issue is, there's a lot of broadcasters, media personalities, golf influencers that are sitting at the minute getting splinters in their arse by sitting on the fence too much. It's like they're scared to say what they really think, in my opinion. Why don't we just say, either like it or you don't. It's that middle ground. Well, you know... Well, I think there was a fair few like when it. it first started out came out heavy on the negative side of it. Oh, big time, yeah. 
Like yeah. they hated it. And I think they've now maybe some of them have had to revert to sitting on their ass on the fence, catching splinters as you like to as you described it there. More so because even Jay Monahan's tone, uh, tone and wording has flipped 180 on what he's tried to describe things as. Yeah. So is McElroy's. So all these things are starting to... Like, the PGA couldn't keep going down their hard line of what they did when it first happened last year on the back of the changes that they have made. Yeah. Because... And Mickelson got so much shit when this happened. He was the main target. For what he was saying about the PGA Tour. And all these changes that they brought into effect have vindicated him because these these changes would have been wanted by a certain amount of players for many, many years and were never going to happen because the PGA Tour was still making huge amounts of profit for themselves, mm. not so much maybe for the players, yeah. although the players do make an incredible amount of money. But they still wanted these changes for the betterment of themselves. And that's their right. They're, they're sport athletes. They, they don't get to play this game for on average, an extremely long period of time. They can make a lot of money in that period of time, but they still have to then put up their families, future families, and everything else for many, many years to come. And all of a sudden, Liv comes on the scene. There's a bit of grumbling. Months down the line, we're making this change. We're making this change. We're making this change now. And there were all the things that Liv were either doing or going to be implementing Mm -hmm. or stuff that players that had left stating... I'm leaving because of this reason for how I'm being treated by the PGA. Yeah. All of a sudden, these are changing. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, we know, right? Like, there is issues with live regarding the human rights thing with Saudi. But at the same time, though, like, you look at the PGA too, the amount of money they've taken from Saudi over the years. But that's not mentioned. It's not spoken about. I've said it before, and I'm sorry to bring it back again. We're asking professional athletes, sportsmen, and more specifically right now, golfers, to have a higher moral compass and standpoint to the public than we do leaders of fucking countries. (laughs) Our own fucking parliament, as soon as we had the issues with Russia, withholding oil and gas and everything else, jumped straight into bed with Saudi to strike a new deal. America have been doing dealings with Saudi Arabia, excuse me, sorry for that, with Saudi Arabia for fucking decades because it's an oil-rich country. Mm. It's a serious fucking problem that we've got in society that we don't hold the people who should have the most responsibility to better everybody's fucking lives and hold everyone to a certain higher standpoint, get to go away and do their fucking little dirty dealings, Mm. and yet... Fucking Ian Poulter should be the one that should come out and say, no, I'm not going to do this because I don't think that they, what they do in their country is right. It's not his fucking responsibility. He it's doesn't fun. give two shits about what fucking the country's doing. No. He went for one reason and one reason only, money, because he could fucking better his family's life. Yeah. 100% agree with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I, we don't agree where the money comes from. But it's, it's that thing. Like, the it, DP World Tour. As this fucking idiot... I've renamed that. They're talking about... No... We'll we'll go into this in more depth in the next segment, but I'm getting fucking wound up already (laughs) thinking about it. Um, 
Yeah, the PGA Tour haven't really covered themselves in glory again. Jay Monaghan. All, all three sides again. when they started didn't didn't come out of it at times shining. Let's be fair. Yeah. Like we've got Jay Monaghan, whose ego was hurt and wanted to keep a hold of the monopoly and the power that he had within the game. You had our dickhead of a fucking CEO at the DP World Tour follow suit albeit tried to come from it from a slightly different angle but was a dickhead about it and then you've got an Aussie who probably won't go down as a legend of the game but should go down as a legend of the game for what he achieved running his mouth because he'd always had a bit of relationship with the PGA Tour towards the end of his career and maybe during the period of it as well so all fucking three of them never came out of this well at times and if those three egos hadn't been involved in this maybe there could have been a civilized conversation sat down between the three and a deal that suited all three parties be put in place yeah but the PGA Tour would never sit down anyway doesn't matter who has oh Jay Monaghan was never no you know what I mean but that's yeah by the by <laughs> <laughs> this is my favourite phrase. I think, we've got pissed podcast. off way early in this episode, haven't we? It was, always it was always going to happen with this one. But yeah, before we go into that, um, positive news. Again, we'll live. Um, there's talks last week, the week before maybe. That, um, you mentioned it briefly in the yeah. last week's podcast uh, episode. Greg Norman has floated the idea of um, bringing ladies golf to live, which I think is the best thing for these professional women, in my opinion. I think it will certainly push the uh, popularity of it or the maybe the money inside of it, which means that the growth for their game would will be accelerated from it. They're not paid enough, man. They're, the, the purses are never big enough. Um, when you look at a, a player like Nelly Corda, right? she's got probably one of the best golf swings I've seen in a long time. She's going out and winning events. They're going into these majors. I mean, the, the, the major last week that they played. Was it the Chevron it's called now? Yeah. Did you watch any? Did you no. hear anything? No. Was there any sort of publicity about it? No. Nothing. And you see the way Liv are driving each event they're putting on. It's fucking wild. In comparison. It's... I think these women should really... If, there, if it is a case of these, the women that you spoke to so far are considering that, they need to have a good, long, hard think. It just depends on how they're going to structure it, whether or not it's they're going to build a direct live female mm-hmm. replica of what they've done with the men's. I think that might be a bit hesitant for a lot of the women to make that jump, just seeing on the back of what happened with the guys, and obviously the, especially now with obviously the uh, arbitration thing came back from the DP Fucking World Tour, man. and I think... I think it's been floated around suggesting that the players that did go are now going to get a 1.1 million fine on the back of it. So they might be worried about what their ramifications could be for it because the precedent's already been set now. Yeah. Whereas kind of what my dad mentioned last week about mm-hmm. maybe doing a deal with hosting events, that could probably work a lot easier. Yeah. And then maybe float the idea with talking to the tours and going, look, we're benefiting your tours, we're doing this. Maybe two years down the line, we want to set up a league for your best, but we'll play it in weeks that you're not playing events. Hmm. All these conversations that probably should have happened in the men's side that didn't ever get a chance to yeah. materialise. Yeah, I mean, I mean I've, I've 
totally agree that the women's game needs heavy, heavy investment. I hope it gets it. I hope it does. I mean, if you would get them saying they spoke to a handful who seem interested, they are hesitant, like you alluded to there, mate. As soon as it should be. But Greg Norman's under fire at the minute. He's not in the, the good books with Liv. So to come out with statements like that. How do you mean? Well, he's been. There was rumours last week I'm getting sucked. Was there? Yeah. I didn't. I missed that. The what last was that two for weeks, then? There's been rumours because it, it's not working. He's too outspoken. So basically, because Monaghan. You see, Monaghan's really he's, rolling he's, in. He's stirring Marcoloy. the pot too much, yeah. Yeah. And. They must have known what was going to happen. That's correct, Norman, for fuck's sake, you know what I mean? <laughs> but um, that's, that was the rumour that was going about. Okay. Um, he was potentially going to be getting let go. So to come up with statements like that, after the success of Adelaide, he probably bought himself some more time, but at the same time, he can't be coming with statements like that if it's not true. Yeah, you know, they've got to back it up now. If that's yeah. what they've if they've made that sort of uh, promise, then now you've got to see it through and actually show that you're, you're what your word says yeah. so, I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I think I said in episode 1 that I, I thought he was the biggest prick going and I don't know it must have been just the emotions at the time but the respects to the firm big time right? you, you kind of question how oh, good what he achieved in the game achieved. yeah um, the fact that he didn't win the Masters that I was uh, reminded of <laughs> several times know, oh, several Christ. times but there's, yeah there's... yeah um I think I think they're going for a good year. I, I think, think they're already good. having a good year. Yeah. In terms of where they were last year at this point, I think yeah, they're having a much me, better year. They're, they're doing well. They are doing well. So I mean, I wish them all the best. I hope to see left players competing again. I hope it'll be good for them. Obviously, they'll have to do it now, wouldn't they? They'll be yeah. allowed access. So yeah. look forward to seeing those boys come back in. But yeah, right. next segment of the podcast now we I'm taking a sip of coffee mate yeah take a sip mate just take a breath right myself and Tom are big fans of another podcast in golf it's a popular magazine up and down the country Bunkered obviously they've got a podcast if you didn't know yeah Michael McEwen um, and uh, Bryce Ritchie I think his name is sorry I've got that wrong do apologise but we've been listening to them and they were lucky enough Maybe unlucky enough, depends how you fucking look at it. It's not the first time I think they've had him on the show, but no, this was it, this was the one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the week after the Masters, the week after the arbitration result had come out, and they had Keith Pelly on. Tom, how many times you listened to it? I've only listened to it to the two times as well. Yeah, well, I had to listen to it back. Uh, um, I just wanted to take in everything that he was trying to portray, and obviously his points of view on the whole thing. Now, in my opinion, the questions that he, were asked, he was asked, the one too controversial they weren't too impeding on the man on the on the tour they weren't too light either they, they i think they were fair yeah fair fair's the best way to put it mate. yeah they yeah. put across the the majority of what especially from the dp world tour fan base side of things mm-hmm. would want to know so yeah i thought it was a really good well-structured interview yeah brilliant yeah um where the fuck do you start <laughs> where do you want to start with this um obviously we're not but we're not fans of the guy anyway right no. I haven't I've, been for I've a long ne- time. I've never let that one be no. uh, unknown. To change the name of the European tour, there's draped in so much history, and players that have played that tour, I mean, one name is the Seve Tiger. Yeah, changing of the name was weird. Changing of the Seve Trophy name, and just literally doing away with Seve altogether almost, and again, like you say, tradition and history of it, and what he, how, what he achieved on the tour, how he elevated the tour. Yeah. 
Yeah. And he talks about, and this is kind of a similar problem within the PGA as well, and Jay Monaghan specifically. These guys think the tour is there, or the, sorry, I should say, the players are there to improve the tours, and that the without the tours, the players would be nothing. Which is fucking, so fucking wrong. It's unbelievable. Because without these players, the tours would be fuck all. Because if they all upsticked and left and went and played the Asian tour, well, we're all watching the Asian tour. Yeah. Because I want to watch John Ram, Rory McIlroy. What's my point again, my life? So, you know yeah. what I mean? So, for them to sit there and think that the, this idea, and as he floated in the interview, that all these players that have gone to live from the DP World Tour and they've negated what the tour has done for them and what they've managed to achieve. No, 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 no. They fucking improved your product. They're independent your contractors. Spon- your sponsors that you now boast about having mm-hmm. would not be there without these guys having played your tour. You didn't do them a favor. You may have given them a platform to showcase their ability, but their ability then profited you as a tour. And I, I can't see it any other way, and I won't see it any other way. Even if you go back to the nineties, I mean, the likes of Faldo, Woods, Norman, John Daly—they're all playing on the, P- the PGA Tour then, compared to now. It's like it felt like a best way to explain this. Old man's club. Well, there's that, but it's like like you said. I mean, there are independent contractors in there. They always have been. Though. Yeah, it's a case of like. You should feel lucky to play another tour. But again, well, you should like, be lucky to have me as a There was, there was so many hypocritical points that he tried to make that he thought he was making valid points, in my opinion. And I might have, I might totally be seeing it from skewed eyes because of how I don't like the guy. But he's going on about how oh, they elected to go and play for another tour and not honour their events here, right? Okay. McElroy jumped ship across to America to as fucking quickly as he could because there's be more money there. Now, he comes across and plays every now and again. Didn't play his own fucking home open last year. Nope. Was in the country, but decided to play a little pro-am with Tiger because obviously he probably got paid more money to do it. Yeah. But you don't penalise him from jumping ship and he's no longer... Yes, he's still a member, as he kept fucking using this word, member of the tour. But he's not representing the tour anymore. He represents the PGA. As we've seen over the last six months, yeah. And longer, sorry. Yeah. I mean, you've seen that. Fucking... And, I, I've got, and I'm not having a go at the players. Because Tommy Fleetwood's done the same. Mm. So now is... Um, oh, fuck, what's his name? Irish boy. Shane Lowry. Mm. He's predominantly over there as well. Tyrrell Hatton's another one. But that's what they do. Lee Westwood did it when he was there. Ian Poulter did it as well. Garcia did it. That's the natural thing. That's where the idea of this being a feeder tour comes from, which it is a fucking feeder tour. The world rankings has made it harder for it to be classed as a feeder tour because it's impossible for these guys to get into the top 50 to fucking make their way over there. Unless they go and win a major. Yeah. But then they've got to get inside the top 50 to qualify for the major. So so the world ranking system's a fuck up as well. This question on that was hilarious. Sorry about that. Um... Yeah, I mean, the main question he was asked over and over again was, is the tour in a good place? Is the tour in a good place? He I mean, thinks it's strong because it's got fucking sponsorship. Yeah. Again, if these players fuck off elsewhere, the sponsors will go too. Yeah. They're not there for him or that tour. They're there for the players. Mm-hmm. But they're there for... If the biggest names are at the events that they are sponsoring, 
they get money off the back of it. That's usually how these sponsorship deals work. Yeah. So they're not going to sponsor a tour where the world number one or the world ranking, the highest ranking in that event is fucking 63rd. Which I think this week it was, and if I'm not mistaken, it was fucking Moronk. Was it? Close to the goal. So you didn't have one player inside the top 50 there. The Strategic Alliance. He was questioned on that wording as well. Why is it a strategic alliance? Because the PJ Tour are fucking putting a shit ton of money into it. And what does that get us out of it? Well, you look at it in comparison. It gets the tour stuff. It gets the player stuff. That's fine. And again, I don't have a problem with players trying to make as much money as fucking possible. Have at it, boys. That's what you're there to do. You're getting to play a sport that you absolutely love. I'd say 99% of them absolutely fucking love. (laughs) And get to make a shitload of money and a good living off of it at the back of it. 100% go for it. That's what sports is. But that money is there to boost the shareholders, as he kept fucking referring to as well. Many times, yeah. He's not interested in the fan base. He's not a golf man. Let's be honest, he's not a golf man. So who loses out of this strategic alliance? The fans of the DP World Tour. Because if you're not watching the first fucking couple of months, January, February, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, Mm -hmm. that's where you see the big names. Then you have the lull, like we had. Then you'll get the Italian Open will probably bring in a couple more. Especially maybe the likes of more European players that are mm-hmm. going to be looking at the Ryder Cup because they want to have a look at the course early because they may not have seen it. But that being said, I still don't think they're actually coming across because I think they're playing, most of them, McElroy, Ram are all playing at the PGA next week. So they're not even coming over for one of these, which would have been, was the Italian classes one of the Rolex series events? I think you could be right. So that seems to have been petered off as well they're not talking about it being the Rolex series anymore from what I can remember they're advertising it they keep calling it the Genesis Scottish Open because that was part of the Rolex series so was the Irish Open that's no longer part of it so where's that fucking disappeared to so yeah it's claimed this in a strong place it's just bullshit if you want to see I mean the purse it might be financially but I don't think it is it it may well be financially due to the backing of the PGA Tour and Things that, like he said, that they put in place coming out of COVID Mm -hmm. and the lockdowns and how they still managed to get some events played because they opened up early doors around England and that one event up at the Fairmont. So you say this in a good place, but you look at the purse from this weekend's event in the Korea Championships, it was $2.2 million for the purse. Not the winner, the purse itself. $2.2 million. I mean, the Meg score, the purse is 7.7. <laughs> Which is supposedly, again, like we said, take out Ram, Cameron Champ, who is a lesser known name now because obviously he's, he's fallen out of form. Yeah. Tony Finau, Eric Van Rooyen. It's not a, a hugely well-known rostered event. No. So they can still muster 7.5 million. We get two. Two point two million dollars. What's that? Two million. <laughs> Probably one point fucking six now on the exactly. on the rate. Eh. But yeah. So yeah. I I just I really struggle to see his his stance on how he claims that it's and he tried to really prove through the interview that that they are in a, a strong point going through checklists because he tried to get who was the one doing the interview was it Michael McKeon it was Michael I. yeah 
Mike, he, he tried to flip it on Mike and get Mike to explain Twice. to him yeah. what he thought a yeah. strong stance would be. So Mike said, obviously, either trying to elevate your tour with bigger purses, bigger money events and stuff like this, or to stave off a threat, an existential threat from the likes of Liv. And he was like, so that's what we can do. Really? You still lost some of your biggest names to it. Yeah. And not only your biggest names, but those who you probably would have said should have been loyal, or you expected to be loyal, but also guys that were going to be legacy golfers in the DP World Tour. Yep. So like Lee Westwood, especially. Previous world number one. Garcia. Garcia. Both, well, Garcia being a major champion, Lee Westwood being a former world number one. Both hugely recognisable on the Europe, on the Ryder Cup. We'll get on to that in a second. <laughs> and they didn't have any second guesses in going to live because it was a better option for them yes Westwood and Garcia both at the age that they're at were probably going with a retirement plan fair enough again these guys are there to go and make money and they'll have been out with fines 1.1 is nothing to them I know but the, the fines just shouldn't be well after the arbitration you can't argue it because it was done by an independent board and they came back with their views that what the DP World Tour had done to them was feasible was right and could be upheld so on the back of that the dp world tour has got the right to then issue sanctions which they have done i think like mike mentioned it is a real sad state of affairs that the likes of lee westwood sergio garcia Urian pilters you know henrik stensons are not going to be Ryder cup captains yeah on the back of that what the fuck was the point in getting rid of Henrik Stenson if Luke Donald is allowed to pick from live players if they're playing well enough? He was what? quite sure on that, wasn't he? What the fuck? There's so, more. he is well within his right to pick if, like I just said previously within the this episode, if Garcia now plays well for the rest of the season and is showing great form because he's a fantastic fucking golf partner for John Ram, mm-hmm. which was in our last Ryder Cup, was the really only... Shining light. Shining light outside yeah. of Shane Lowry. Yeah. So if you could potentially put those back as a pair, you're going to do it if they're both playing well. Or you would think you would want to do it. So he can be picked. So he doesn't need to worry about world rankings. Doesn't need to worry about qualifying for it because he's not going to play in the events to qualify. He can just play really good golf and Luke Donald can pick him. Why did we get rid of Henrik Stenson? If this was your view, why could Henrik not play golf on the Live Tour, still hold up his captaincy mm-hmm. requirements, have more time off to view other golfers on other tours to see how they're all playing, and pick your team, and then manage your team? Potential playing captain. I don't get it. Why did we get rid of him then? It just shows... Because he felt hurt and disrespected? It will be something like that, though. You know what will be. You know, but again, that's one of those things that I was saying. It was just so hypocritical of what he was saying and what he's done, or what he says and what he means. Yeah. The Ryder Cup thing, and then he just went on to try and promo it. Yeah. 
Italy have done the most backing for this since the 1960s. This is going to be the event of all events. We've got more screens and the Ryder Cup's going to be a great success. Guess what? No shit, Sherlock. Outside of this, the Ryder Cup was always going to be a great success, as it always has fucking been for the last fucking two decades. Because it's one of the best fucking team sporting events in the world. Yeah. It's the main event against non-golfers looking at the screens on that weekend. They, oh, mate. Yeah, that was an interview that needs to be heard, um, to be fair. The guy... He's, he came across defensive quite a lot um, when he was posed with the question of what can you do to make it better? And this lazy narrative that's being spoken about us. I mean, he's, he's meant to be irritated now. Um, from the, Because we're a feeder t- tour. Which they are. Now, long before Liv came along. Yeah. Long before Liv came along. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean... He kept trying to use McElroy as well, going, That's the oh, thing. but McElroy's coming over to play this year. Yeah. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you, PGA Tour. You lent us one of your best players for a couple of events. Thank you, Strategic Alliance. Wanker. I mean, at the time of the interview as well, right after the Masters, the poor shown from McElroy, and then to then pull out of the next event, the designated event that he fought for, um, and he's using McElroy's escape goal. I mean... Because McElroy still comes over for the few events that we have the big purses of, that's a success. Well, what about the other 40 events that you like to boast about? Yeah. And then the the one that really, I think this pissed me more off than the Ryder Cup thing. He has got such a hard-on to try and prove that the Asian Tour is nothing. I do not get where that comes yeah. from. <laughs> yeah, you, you, because they've sort of aligned on, they've yeah. aligned themselves with Liv and allowed Liv players to go across and play there to try and get world ranking points, although it won't be anything yeah. where, because the DP World Tour's ranking points have fucking plummeted down to oh. non, not even worth playing for. The Asian Tour's going to be non-existent. But he went hard in, and especially at the end when he's tried to go, so do you think there could ever be a place where the PGA Tour... Live and the DP World Tour could sit down and have a conversation in the future. Well, first of all, Mike, I'd like to really thank you for not bringing the Asian Tour into this, and by that, I take that as you credit it that we've got a much better product than. Fuck off! Were you even mentioning them yeah, for? Yeah, that was so necessary. Yeah. But also, because you don't, you, the reason you don't like Live is because they're also showing their event times during events that you're also showing your events. So that's a, <clears throat> excuse me. That's a negative, and it also can take away the light from your tour, and you're not. It's a bit disrespectful. Where have our last two tours been placed? Events from the DP World Tour. Would that be Japan and South Korea? Yeah. Is that a part of South Asia or Asia? Yep. Part of the Asian tour. Yep. I'll be playing our time zones of when they would be playing events if they were broadcasting. So are we now impacting on them. Where's the fucking parity here? Yeah, it's just it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I mean. You just. This is why I'm thinking to myself, this is a great opportunity for broadcasters around the world, especially for us UK fans, to seriously consider speaking with Liv. Because I can guarantee you. I'd love this, for like Amazon to get in to get on it. Yeah. I mean, for me, like the pinnacle would also be like for all the country in the UK, Sky Sports. Right, imagine Which, that. They'll never do it because they're so tied up with the PGA. BBC Sports, they're going to fucking touch BT. it. BT. BT would be the place to be with that. Yeah. 
and they've got to think about it. They've got to. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping, and I'm like really, like hopefully they're going to have a good year. Yeah. Because Keith Bailey, I think they hope. I, I think the big hope is that they keep performing in the majors. Yeah. Because if the players keep performing at the majors and proving that they're still not going to go away, they're still able to perform in the highest level under the biggest pressure cooking pot that there can be in, in the golf for four days. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I I <clears throat> I can see the point when they say about it only being fifty-four yeah, yeah, holes and yeah. all this. I think it still should have been better if it was four days. Mm-hmm. But Roman numerals LIV is fifty-four, so that's they, they stick with it. Yeah. So uh, part of their marketing, that's what they're stuck with. I I think it's it made the path for them very difficult, especially with the world ranking points and getting onto it. I think they should have thought harder about that. But that's. Here we go, guys. By the by, <laughs> it's not going to be your slogan for more. <laughs> it seems to be mine at the moment, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I still, I still stand by the same point. The DP World Tour missed a huge opportunity to genuinely sit down with the guys that live and have an honest conversation about how they could come up with some form of partnership. Fuck off the strategic alliance. Yeah, fuck the PGA or the other one. And go not fully into bed with them, but go, do you know what? Host some big events. We'll send our guys there. You can get your guys to come play with us. Because case in point, the start of the year, the desert, the Dubai Desert Classic. And again, they mentioned it in the interview. You had going into the last day, now, you had the side note as well that obviously there was what went on in the driving range between Patrick Reed and Rory McIlroy, so there was already this animosity between the two and tension that was obviously very appealing to media broadcasters, social media platforms, and the tour itself. But then you had the last day, the two of them going down the fucking... to the wire. Yeah. It was great viewing. I don't like Patrick Reed. I'm a... <clears throat> Average fan of McElroy. Different to be the best way to <laughs> But it was entertaining to watch them go at it. Yeah. Because they were probably the two most outspoken about all the whole thing. It was fun to watch. That would have brought in so much more money in terms of viewership to the tour that will not have been replicated in any of the events that have happened since. Honest opinion. Do you find watching the European tour boring? Because even the coverage on, on the UK channel is a hard one to. At times, it's very fucking boring. Yeah. I can still appreciate it for good golfers playing very good golf. Yeah, this is no hit on the golfers. I mean, I mean I'm but talking about. The problem that. is. Yeah. As all probably golf fans, there'll be some that obviously have a specific player that they like to follow that is maybe not the biggest name but he plays on the DP World Tour every week and he sits around about the 130th in the world, but they want to see him play well. Fine, that's good. And that these guys should continue to do that and these golfers rely on these guys following yeah. them because it gives them bigger, bigger boost of confidence to know that they're supported and everything else to perform well. But as a whole, you want to see as many of the best golfers in the world, and we judge that by the world rankings, in these events... Because there's the anticipation that you want to see well number one, number two, and number three going down the stretch on the last day mm-hmm. on the la- on the back nine, 
fighting it out for titles. Or you want to see the next top three that you can get, whether that's 13, 14, and 17, whatever. But you want to see recognisable names in these events. The DP World Tour just doesn't have enough of them. No. You get the South Africa swing. You had an influx of about 30 South Africans that I've never heard of. You go to Japan. You get an influx of 25 to 20, 30 Japanese players. I've never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Why am I going to tune in to watch that? Yeah, all here. How many folk like, tune in week in, week out to the PGA Tour? Your dad could probably say to be one of them people. But I know for a fact I don't watch every round. Oh, no, there are golf enthusiasts that are addicted to watching golf and they will watch any form of golf, no matter what's on, whether it's European Tour, PGA Tour, LET, yeah, LPGA, LPGA yeah. whatever, because they just love watching golf. Mm-hmm. And that's not a problem. I don't mind watching the odd LPGA event or mm-hmm. the LET event because yeah. it's a different style of golf. <sighs> And you throw live on the top of it. It's a further different style of golf. So it is. So, yeah. They should all fucking sit down around a table, take their egos out of it and get on with it and fucking just let the guys play golf. That's not going to happen, unfortunately. No, no. Because their egos cannot be left at the door. And that's including Greg Norman in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not missing him. We're not. <laughs> Absolutely not. But, yeah. Um, I think we've spoken got... enough about that. Yeah, we've you, you got a chance. Head over. Uh, Bunker Golf Podcast and uh, taken twenty-five minute interview. Thing is, with Michael and uh, Keith. I thought it was Pillow. closer to almost thirty, forty minutes. Was it? It could be. It could be. But yeah, yeah. I mean, to get a better understanding. And if you do, and you want to get in touch with us, let us know what your thoughts are. Please do. Are we being do. totally off the wrong end of this? Is he right in what he says? What's your views on live? Try and take politics out of it, guys. I know I fucking spouted about politics, but that was to try and prove the point that politics shouldn't be in sport. <laughs> but that's... I just stay the fuck away from politics, man. Honestly. Good deal. So, yeah. Moving on. Um, right, this is going to... Are you going to cry? No. I'm, I'm past that stage, mate. To be um, you're honest, because you've mentioned here... Again, we've got our notes because we're still infants in this podcast thing. We can't always remember what we need, want to talk about. You've got down here something that's going to make you cry. I'm getting angry about it. Huh? <laughs> um, I'm getting... It's, it's a case of... It's just time to, to give up. Huh? So we're talking about Tiger Woods and his most latest injury and operation to try and fix it. His ankle. Another fusion surgery, mm-hmm. which obviously fuses the two joints together. Um, to try and take away all the pain that he was suffering with it. And as we've always, or at least since the last operation and the comeback that he had most recently, he's stated the golf is not the problem, the walking is the problem. And a lot of that was his ankle because there's so much metal work going on there and obviously the arthritis from the trauma of the accident that's just spreading through his body yeah that's <laughs> everywhere yeah we talked on it last week in the episode um, with Dave we were thinking to ourselves oh it could be he might have reappear for the open there's still mixed views though on this because some people are still saying that he could be back after two months 
or two to three months. And the consultant those... that he's working with from Misogyny came out and said, oh, he'll be, I have a golf club in hand within three months. And then you speak to, well, sorry, speak to, you listen to all, like, consultants, like, deep in the game of surgeries and, like, being a doctor and that for, like, decades, saying best practice would be Next a season. full year. They were talking past the masters. Now, mm. and to me, you have to get the surgery on your ankle. We are the last he's had over his life and career. Is uh, you think to yourself, this, this could be the final one to put your mind in check to say, I'm doing the surgery to enjoy the rest of my life with my kids, with my family. Instead of tormenting myself and torturing myself to be, or to aim to be the player that I'm never going to be like again. Yes, you're still Tiger Woods. You are the greatest of all time to many. You've set records. You continue to set records. That car crash really should have been the end of him. But he came back to prove a point. His ego, which Tom loves to touch on and fucking shoot me down for, his ego gets the better of him and his mentality is so strong, he will continue. He'll oh, keep he wouldn't have been on. anywhere near the player he was without that ego, though. So I, I'm not going to criticise him. I'm not shitting on him, mate. Yeah, no, no, I know you're I'm not. not I know you're not, but I'm, I'm just trying to make the point. I am not criticising him for his ego. No, no, no. Because no. he's, he's proven it time and time again. Now, yeah. That's the bit that I get. His biggest strength is... You've said it all along, I've man. done it before. Yeah. His biggest weakness at the moment is I've done it before. <laughs> For me, it's, it's time to stop. It's, it's got to be time to stop. I mean, the talk about him playing the seniors tour, I think it could I have said, been a possibility. I, I you don't see him. I don't see him playing it. Other people don't see him either. I'm, I'm kind of thinking to myself. I think at this stage in his life, he may think he might be playing it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever feature on the Champions Tour. Tiger Woods in a cart. Nicholas said, he spoke to him about it. It's a possibility where he does join the, the senior tour. Then here whisperings off you'll never take a buggy you'll never take a buggy right so you're going to keep putting yourself through this when you're approaching 50 years old your son who is could be taking up all your time in the golf world by overseeing what he does your daughter's at an age now where she'll be going to college starting her life as a young adult all the rest of it and I don't want to say it's selfish because it's not selfish right I'm not going to say that but it's kind of got that sort of feel about it where well, we need to get a lot of surgery, let's get another couple of joints fused together, and come <laughs> the Masters 2024, fucking Robocop's going to show up on the first tee at Augusta. Get the fuck out of here, man. It's time to stop, eh? Now, as I'm saying, I'm past that stage of being sad and upset, but we'll tell you the greatest of all time. I don't want to see that day comes. I'm fucking ready for that day now, eh? The, the point on his kids... Because he's going down to only playing, realistically, five competitive rounds of golf a year, four majors and probably something like the Genesis Riviera that he'll play because it's far enough that he can compete in that and then give himself enough time to heal up for the Masters. He's got shitloads of time in between that to spend time with the kids and spend time with the family. Yeah, Yeah. but you're having to then put in some work a week beforehand to then turn up and miss the fucking cut for what? Yeah, but for then the fucking the people out there these that guys don't are think about it, the kids stuff. are used to it, so they, they make it work. Yeah, but you can't say that it's any different for any other 
any other pro out there on the tour who's playing more regularly than Tiger would be if if Tiger was able to play as many events as he would like to play in yeah. a year that still doesn't make time for the family when they can. It's part and parcel of it. There's give and take in that family life. So as much as it can be a valid point, I don't think it's one that he's really going to get... No, probably not. Like, spend too much time on it. He's me, has got no effect on what he fucking... Oh, no, no, no. I don't mean... Like, I don't think he's going to sit there and focus too heavily on it. Yeah. In the sense that... It's not like he's... Well, fingers crossed he's not going to die on the surgery table, but... I think he he still thinks he's got his time. I think... If everything was to go according to Tiger's plan, I reckon he wants to make it to 50 and then stop. That's two and a half years away. It depends on how he comes back from this. Like, how the rehabilitation on this ankle happens. If it's so much that he could play one round of golf every three months, and I don't mean a competitive four days and the, the work that goes in in the days beforehand, I think he'll call time on it through gritted teeth yeah <laughs> if he thinks that he can come back and play four days of golf and compete he's gonna come back it's just hardwired into him to do it he won the US Open on one leg he's still gonna have that mentality it's almost like the only comparison I can make to it is you take an average guy let's use our this country here that gets to the retirement age and retires and all and has done nothing but work his entire life or her life and just stops overnight what do i do now oh yeah, yeah where's that, my purpose yeah if he if he is going to go and no longer play competitive golf he's got to do it gradually in the sense that he's got to still stay close to the game so whether that is he tries to make the shift into commentating you see him doing that i don't know honestly i don't know his insight into the game is <laughs> there's got to be no one fucking better to do it. And it's obviously, like look, at, look at how well received John Ram was for doing it when he did yeah, his bit part. As well, but Faldo's done it for golf. Yeah. yeah. So whether Tiger goes down that route or he starts taking up coaching and tries to coach some players, I, I'm yeah, spitball. I'm spitballing yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know what the what is. But I don't. I don't think. I think he's probably got more fear of stopping and not being in the game than going down the route of another eight procedures to fuse other joints to just play. It doesn't matter what Like, the arthritis that he's got on his body at the minute, all over the place, legs, ankles, I mean, <clears throat> back, everything like that, this fused surgery on his right foot now, during the rehab, a lot of work's going to be put onto the left foot. Right? Yeah, so things are going to overcompensate. So his knee and his hip and everything else on that side is going to start feeling the pain. Like, that's what I'm saying. Watching with the Masters, he made the cut. But it's going to be his teeth. But he still made the cut, fair enough. The condition of Tiger Woods. That weekend was hard to watch. Again, another event the Tigers playing in, and we're sitting saying to each other, "Fucking hell, I can't watch that. Eh? That's, that's that's too hard to watch." Now, this is my point: is that I, I don't want to continue to watch the greatest of all time make himself 
worse. I think that's for the, the point. sake of what. Yeah, I think that's the point that we all, if if we're all truly honest with it, and I'm no different from you in this, yeah, in the same yeah. boat. You don't want to watch him tee it up through little peeps in your fingers as you've got your hands over your eyes trying to not see the worst happen and that's i think that's the the, it's the anticipation that it goes wrong and that that's you you see the demise on tv so you'd rather him in a perfect world maybe come back play one round play well make the cut finish the four days and go right that's me that would be I, i think that would be the perfect scenario and for that to happen, it's probably got to be a Masters. Well, in my opinion, the perfect time to go was last year. This is the bit that I said was going to make you cry. I, that's what I'm saying. I'm too hungry now. <laughs> I'm just at the point now. Well, you're not watching. You're not in your head now watching him go over the bridge. No, bringing the cap down, covering his face, that should tears in his eyes. That should be not. Um, I was mentioning a podcast that I heard, obviously, some kind of stealing this, but but hello world. It could have been goodbye. That's oh, Andrews, the home of golf. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but the Hello World was not at St Andrews, though. I'm saying the place to say ah, goodbye. Yeah, 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 the place yeah. to say goodbye would be yeah. St Andrews, the home of golf, wouldn't it? Yeah, because he would have been following the likes of Arnie, Nicholas, Watson, Faldo, yeah. who all said their <clears throat> goodbyes on the on the Swalking Bridge, as it is so steeped in history of the game. But he thought he could play on. And who the fuck are we to say? He can't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've had my, my two cents on Tiger. Fingers crossed he makes it back. Obviously, yeah. 100% agree with that, mate. If he comes back, just come back and say goodbye, man. Fuck's sake. <laughs> come on, there. So, yeah. Nice wee segue. Talking about opens. We're playing an open. We're playing the open. Not the open. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're playing an open. Yes, so we're talking about playing more golf this year, um, getting out and seeing more of the country. As in Scotland, so then I get too excited. Fans in England and Ireland and Wales. Um, yeah, so. I think they're more relieved that we're not going down there to play golf. <laughs> yeah, I know. But now we're going to tee it up in a couple of events at least this year. We've picked them out that we, ones that we really want to play. Two of them featured in the top 100 that it we did. spoke about yeah it did yeah, yeah. so we're going to try and make the trip up to Forfa yep. play there and for me in terms of opens the best deal out there is Botergarten 36 hole event for 35 quid <laughs> on a Saturday yeah when normally it would probably cost you about 70-80 quid to play it for one round I've not played this course yet myself. Tom has, and Tom's dad has, and they're both massive fans of it. The, if you go online and go onto the website of Boat of Garden, um, it's not too far from Avi Moore, so it can go see area, just off the A9 in Scotland. Go on the website, even Google Images. Spend a good 10, 15 minutes. If you can get the course planner as well and get, get the a full hole by hole. The place looks phenomenal, yeah. and um, when we talked about doing opens, this one came up from Tom straight away, and I'm fucking all in, man. I'm I've got a bit. To... I've got a bit of unfinished business here because I played in it last year, and I could only play eight, well, not even eighteen holes. I think I managed fourteen holes before the back caved in. Yeah. 
So I'm going back to try and finish all 36 this time round. Played it with a good friend, Kieran, who I believe is trying to organise a couple of his pals to go and play it as well. I've put it in even a work chat and I think one or two are going to try and see if they can make it as well. And if, if they can't make it, they certainly responded with... Gutted, I can't make it. What a golf course it is. <laughs> you enjoy yourselves. Yeah. So we're looking forward to them um, next couple of months coming up. So my plan is to get myself to the range. Probably not play as much golf. Now, we've got a golf day around, sorry, booked, sort of coming up. But weeks leading up to these Opens, I mean, to us, it's an Open at a golf course. We're going to enjoy ourselves. You, oh, it's you know what I mean. It's worth doing. It's pitch up and hope for the best. Yeah, but enjoy it. Exactly. That's <laughs> it's, it's not. I'm not work. I'm not putting any work in. No, no, no. To try Nothing like that. Damn no, thing, no. no. Fuck, it's the worst thing we could do, man. Worst <laughs> all the time. But yeah, um, yeah it's just, just to, to get that fun. The excitement going. Um, get my fucking case of the shanks kicked right in a touch. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's more just kind of something to look forward to. To be fair. Um, and once they're played, we'll come on here and tell you how terribly we played and you can laugh at us. Yeah, we'll get as much content as we can to show you guys and the socials and that as well. Listen, we're no fucking videographers or directors and that sort of way. We'll get what you can, get what we can, sorry, and we'll bring it to you through the social media. We'll give you a rundown of how it went, shit like that on the yeah, podcast. We're not, we're not at the stage yet where we're contemplating anything like YouTube nah. or anything like that. We're happy doing what we're doing at the minute. And uh, the feedback we're getting... Um, to be fair, mate, the last couple of weeks has been really, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it, to be fair. I mean, like, people have got in touch with me, with you, with the page. Yeah. And um, it's all been positive, mate. It's been yeah. good. Um, Shout out to Scott Grant, because uh, he got in touch with us after my dad mentioned his father, uh, Gary Grant, yeah, last week, and gave him high praise, which is fully justified. Um, so, yeah, it was good to have the likes of Scott reach out and say, that he obviously heard the uh, the episode and obviously what was spoken about yeah. and just obviously it's just good to hear that the it's been heard and the response we've also had from further afield a good childhood friend of mine Scott Gates in Sweden reaching out and saying it was good to hear Scottish accents again although I don't think I qualify as a Scottish accent but I'll put a call for a fucking so accent that'll be, that'll be you that's bringing the accent in but yeah, no, we do appreciate all feedback. Yeah, reluctantly, um, I need to give a shout out, and I mean <laughs> from the bottom of my heart, reluctantly. Uh, good pal of mine, Jason Edgar, um, got in touch with me as well. Jason joined the podcast, and uh, he needs me to mention to the world because we do cover the world, so you know. Jason Edgar is a major champion, is the words he want me to use. He won a major. That's golf club in Blackberry. The spring prizes, which is one of four majors that they caught. And he won yesterday, as in Saturday past. So well done, Jason. You're a great golfer. We'll take the uh, fee to address to follow. Yes. For the mention. Because Gareth is white knuckle clenching at the moment of having to say this on the, on the podcast. Well, he won. Well done, mate. Uh, keep cracking on this season. The Blood Gowdy, tough, tough course. Hopefully got up there soon, as I've been invited. So is Tom. So we got up there. Sharpish. Get that played as well. Um, but yeah, honestly, thank you again to everybody. Um, we've got new listeners every week. And it's kind of... Scary. Yeah. 
but we'll, we'll come at it. As long as the new listeners become regular listeners, then we're doing well, fine. Well, by the looks of it, yeah, we've got a lovely bunch of listeners out over in Canada. You nearly made me sing a song then. <laughs> You've still got that snippet in me, and that is, I'm waiting, I'm dreading for that to come out. Oh, <laughs> right, that's an in-house joke, and hopefully it will stay that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So, yeah, Canada, uh, more people, more listeners, sorry, and of course, America. You mentioned it there, Sweden. Obviously, it'll be Scott and others, by the looks of it. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, UK again, Saudi. That's where we're so positive we live. Shh, they're sponsoring the podcast. No, no, not at all. <laughs> but no, like, yeah. like Gareth says, we are really grateful for everyone that listens, everyone that repeat listens and comes back, uh, tunes in for every episode. That's it's amazing. We've really enjoyed the feedback that we've got so far. Uh, as much interaction as possible on the socials would be great, just because we can have a further golf chat. And we will be back next week with our fourth, no, third guest episode. So what, Craigie Boy, My your dad, and then your third guest again. And we'll start trying to reach out for a couple more. So we'll see you again next week. Cheerio, bye.